You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Rebecca Walker. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. I talk a little bit about Buddhism, you know, because the Buddhism that I study is very much about the, the sense of emptiness and of letting go of ideas and concepts as things that dominate our minds. This is beautiful. You may want to ask about the story of your birth, yes. The idea of writing memoir here is about to listen carefully. Yeah, I did write this. This is lovely. The, the way to find a story, or at least the story that needs to be told in that moment that you're writing, is the story that emerges from a deep kind of inner listening and finding the memories that are charged, that don't want to leave, that have a certain kind of energy to them. And if you listen to them, and you allow them to be born in the writing, you discover your own story, because your story is basically made up of all of the memories that continue to hold the charge for you, all of the memories that are lodged in your mind, that you've secreted away. And when you can excavate that story, when you can write it down, then you can make sense of it, and you can understand why you're living the way you're living and why you feel the way you feel, And you can also decide to release those memories so that you can have new memories that can define you and can shape your life. And once I had one, I realized that I grew more as a human being through Mm -hmm. the choice of motherhood than just about any other endeavor, really. I mean, because it's so much about letting go of the self and making sure that you provide not just for your child, but you start to think much more clearly about providing for the whole next generation. Right, the whole community. The whole whole future. And yet motherhood, sort of moving through all of the memories of the ways in which I avoided motherhood. And I also felt like I was in a good dialogue with many, many women in my generation who have the same ambivalence, you know. They're afraid to say it. Right? I Mm -hmm. mean, and so again, you know, it's this sense of writing for myself, but also feeling like I'm connected to my peers, to my cohorts, to my generation, and voicing things that I think are relevant to all of us, you know, or many of us, I should say. I think, not spiritual, but like, there's an aspect to memory and the way we remember that is beyond logic and, and rational thinking. Mm-hmm. So the Ouija board is like the metaphor for process and it suggests that there's another force bigger than ourselves which is why I think it's always important to me to write what I feel is the story of my body living in this time because it's hard to understand why I'm having the experiences I'm having. I think that so much of my work is actually letting go of all different kinds of binaries, like letting go of the difference between, you know, the idea that black and white are opposite, the idea that, you know, there's one way to be an empowered woman and that, you know, the other way is, is subjugation, letting go of the idea of men need to be men in one way, they, you know, and opening it up, men, the access to the full spectrum of humanity. I mean, I'm always looking at how we are all connected and how we all can be connected as opposed to the idea of separation. And yes, ideas are not fixed. You know, they don't want to stay in your mind. Ideas, the nature of ideas is to go. Oh, yes. yeah. I think, you know, coming from different backgrounds, while it was very difficult as a young person, because I was always having to change and adapt, and for me as a young person, it was very performative. I thought, okay, I'm in this white community now, so I should behave this way, and that's how I'll be accepted, and I'm over here in this 
sort of Afro-Bohemian world. I should, this is how I should be. And that was difficult because I never felt truly authentic and truly accepted wholly. Sure. But at the same time, as I grew up and, and started to really think about that, I realized that not only did I learn how to speak many languages of different mm -hmm. kinds of people, not just the ones I was with, but I sort yeah. of started to understand how to find some commonality with other people, you know, no matter yeah. where they were from. That was a, a skill that came mm -hmm. from that kind of background. But also, I had to really reckon with the fact that, yes, I was all of these, I had all these identities, but I wanted to know what was behind those identities, you know? So yeah. in a way, it was like wearing a mask, and, or all these different masks, mm -hmm. and I wanted to, to take them all off and figure out what I was made of behind mm -hmm. the mask. I tell my students that sometimes the best work comes very easily <laughs> and it's not that you don't have to then go back but when you can relax your mind and be free of a lot of the doubt and the sense of whether or not you should be a result of the way I grew up and it's interesting because my parents when they married and had me they always thought of me as a movement child. You know, many people think, oh, they get everything they want or they're spoiled or whatever it is. But people don't understand how difficult it is to find a meaningful, solid identity in the both shadow and bright lights of a famous parent. And very few actually transition and make it into a healthy life. But I wanted feminism to grow and to and because I didn't think, you know, oh, if you say you're a feminist, I don't know what that means. Does that mean that you are, have done work around racism and you're not racist, you know, because yeah. that if you're still racist and you're feminist, it's not good, it doesn't work for me, I'm not, I'm not sure. so happy. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to, to really challenge the notion of a social change movement based on one factor. Right. you know, gender. I wanted to expand and make sure that every social change movement integrates all mm -hmm. movements for change. Definitely for black, white, and Jewish, there was a sense of, again, wanting to claim my own story and my mm -hmm. own narrative. And also, I felt at that point in my life, I was in my 20s, very fragmented, you know, and I needed to create a, a sort of integrated, cohesive Rebecca-like mm -hmm. self, you know? Even mm -hmm. if it was symbolically in a book, I needed to have something that I could look at and hold, and I could see that all of the different experiences that I had could actually coexist. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. To listen to the latest episodes and learn more about participating in exhibitions, click subscribe. Thank you for listening.